Welcome. You're listening to Sanseet, where you'll find everything to do with spirituality, life lessons, holistic living, and medicine to become your true self. We all have stories, journeys, experiences, and love. Here's your host, Aaron O'Dowd. Today's episode of Sanseet is brought to you by Langevin and Axison Marketing. Langevin and Axison Marketing specializes in social media promotion and public relations. Langevin and Axison Marketing works with campaigns that offers products, books, and services to inspire and improve their lives. They focus on small spiritual businesses, authors, and teachers. Their clients have high quality products and services that they are proud to promote. If you have a business that has the potential to grow, go to Langevin and Axison Marketing and receive 10% off the first month of service. Contact Langevin and Axison Marketing and refer to Sanseed Ship. Hello and welcome to the show, Keeling. How are you doing today? Aaron, I'm good. Thanks for thanks for interviewing me. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Ah, oh, fantastic. Tell us about how you got into health and nutrition. Uh, so I studied biochem back in college and I actually worked in biochemistry for a long time, but I was actually kind of more interested in the nutritional health sciences. So I went back to school studied nutritional therapy, uh, became a practicing nutritional therapist, got a job here in Eats as their nutritional therapist, kind of branched into a bit of sports, uh, sports recovery, sports sciences, sports nutrition, and kind of went from there. So I've been doing nutritional-based work for about 10 years now, I'd say. Were you interested in sports before? Yeah, it's strength sports, kind of strength disciplines. I do a lot of strength-related stuff with kettlebells, and we do some club swinging and stuff. So from the strength perspective, interested in sports, yeah. Not too much on team sports, but... Through the nutrition side, you kind of discover how bits and pieces that helped you over the 10 years? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, sports nutrition is kind of one of those things. There's fantastic natural products and natural foods out there that are really, really good for any act- anybody, particularly anybody who's active, who trains a lot to promote recovery. I was interested in the most natural, closest to nature, holistic, cleanest sports range of supplements that you could possibly get your hands on. So we started to develop line and eats of some really good stuff that that we've worked on for years and we've got really really good feedback on so yeah it's it's again it's trying to get it as close to, to nature as possible and to keep it food based and yeah organic ideally as well you know do you find a difference between organic and supplement sites yeah we have a brand of supplement there terra nova they're set to be the first organic certified vitamin mineral supplement range in europe Organic has been shown again numerous times to be nutritionally superior to commercially uh, intensely rare food, fruit and veg. Um, and we would again just promote the organic movements in as many ways as we possibly can. But definitely through sports supplement range, organic is the way to go. Yeah. Why organic? First of all, it's just the obviously you're you're exposed to less nasty chemical stuff so you won't have exposure to artificial fertilizers chemical pesticides herbicides fungicides so you have a whole plethora of chemicals that you're not going to be eating into your system 
The food is grown the way food was always traditionally meant to be grown. It's rotated properly, it's fertilized properly, it's nutritionally superior, it generally tastes a hell of a lot better, and just then the, the ethics behind the movements. I mean, it's, it's about protecting the soil, protecting the environment, protecting biodiversity in waterways. So as a whole, the organic movement is just basically about sustainability and health, really. We really love embrace that ethos here as much as possible. How does the holistic side fit into your sports nutrition? Holistically, we would look to use as much food. We would promote people to eat as much of their recovery from sport to be actually food-based. So not necessarily to rely on too much supplementation necessarily. So we would point people in the direction of really superfoods for recovery. So holistic foods uh, like chia seeds, hemp seeds, um, your oil bases, your nut and seeds oils are excellent for recoveries. We do a cherry juice, Montemorsi cherry juice, which is superb for recovery. Traditionally used then um, all throughout Europe to help with joint pain, but also excellent for muscle recovery. So again, you're kind of relying on nature to provide you with all the things you need for performance, for health and for recovery. At the beginning you said you um, got certifications in this area. Yeah. How did that, the science side fit into all this? I, I originally did biochemistry and I, I worked at biochem for a long time in kind of, um, it wasn't pharma, it's kind of more, I worked in, in medical devices actually. Uh, but biochemistry gives you a really cool understanding of the nutrient, the kind of small level stuff and the biochemical pathways and all these lucky things that go on. And then through understanding of biochemistry, then you get to understand on a biochemical level how all these little vitamins and minerals and all of these plant nutrients kind of, they regulate and they, they do lots of cool little things on a small cellular level and you kind of get to see it in the tiny sense and then you get to see it blown out and how that affects your health and your well-being. So biochem is great. It's good. It's the, the science of and nutritional therapy and biochem are kind of parallel each other really, you know. It's, it's all molecular it's all tiny and why are they connected i suppose you're basically you're a big bag of salt and there's a lot of biochemical reactions that go on every day in your body to keep you healthy you methylate you oxidize and you reduce and they're biochemical reactions so you were basically exist on this planet because you you have a lot of biochemical reactions going on okay and if someone is new into the side of nutrition food yeah. what would you recommend them to go start with uh, if they're kind of looking for general nutrition advice type stuff or if they're looking to get into it a little bit more basic no nothing basic no nothing my first of all advice would be just try to eat real food so anything that looks like it came from dug out from the ground fish from the sea came off the farm or fell out from a tree basically try to eat your food as close to real food as you possibly can and you won't go too far wrong with anything you do so real food minimally processed get yourself down to the markets get into farmers markets get into health food shops that do really nice fresh food dried foods as well and just start to explore real food and then the people that have explored into this area what do you recommend for them so if you've kind of explored into the area then one uh, a fascinating aspect of nutritional work is how your food interplays with your hormone balance and the hormonal output that you will have based on the food choices that you make that's fascinating and once you understand how your food interacts with your hormones 
you can start to understand a lot about nutritional work, nutrition therapy and stuff like this. How do the hormones and the food play with each other? So come here, we would generally today, we would say uh, as a broad sweeping statement, people would probably produce a hell of a lot more insulin nowadays than they would have back in our parents' generation or definitely our grandparents' generation. Okay. Because we eat more sugar, because we eat more processed carbohydrates and because we're potentially not as active, we make more insulin. And insulin is a storage hormone, but it's also a growth hormone. So you eat food that promotes a strong insulin response, you're more likely to hold on to body fat, so you're more likely to become heavy, to become overweight. But also insulin promotes growth in tissue, so having too much insulin and growth promotion inside on a cellular level can lead to problems with, with uncontrolled growth. So Western diet today promotes a lot of insulin. Insulin promotes a lot of weight gain and it promotes a lot of cellular growth and inflammation. So having high levels of insulin is, is a, a real risk factor for a lot of diseases. So understanding even just the insulin aspect of it, you can get to really understand a lot about how food works. You said that it's a growth hormone as yeah. well. Yeah. Why? So body career, insulin will be popular with bodybuilders. So insulin basically is a growth switch. So when you produce insulin inside your body, it's like a green light to grow. So you will grow in terms of, it's a storage hormone, so you'll, you'll store calories as fat, but also you will basically bulk up on muscle tissue as well. Um, so basic insulin is like, it is a growth hormone. So it makes you grow. And certain foods that are designed to grow, would say like dairy produce that's designed to grow a calf into a cow would have a lot of insulin-like growth factors that naturally occur in there. Um, and they trigger growth and they trigger muscle development and potentially fat storage. But on a cellular level, exposure to that, too much of that over time can be a bad thing. In Ireland, we have a lot of darkness and, and rain. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. which affects our pineal and uh, yeah, vitamin absolutely. D. If yeah. it, how would a person know if they're lacking in vitamin D? So come here, you, you've got a couple of avenues. You could get a blood test done. You can come in to Good Health Food Shop. We'll sell you an over-the-counter vitamin D test for around 40 euros. It's a pinprick test. They send it over to a certified laboratory in the UK. You can get your vitamin D done that way. You can go down to Barrington's, to Barrington's Lufia. Or you can talk to your GP, and a lot of GPs are offering blood-based vitamin D tests now. Let's just say a person's going to the doctor for a blood test to yeah. see where their health is. Yeah. Do you recommend a, like, well, if a panel of bloods or just a standard? Yeah, good question. You go for general bloods and you'll usually get a general suite of things. So they'll check white blood cell, red blood cell. They, they might check your, um, your B12, but I think you need to specify vitamin D. Vitamin D needs to be a standalone specified test that you want to get done. I don't think it's routinely checked in a general panel. Okay. So it's a good thing to check. Uh, an interesting vitamin D, I was just talking about it last week um, on Live Night 5, you have four months of the year in Ireland that you can make sufficient amount of vitamin D. Uh, that is, uh, what are we talking, August. So yeah, it's coming up to the end of August now. So May, June, July, and August. So there are your four months. Oh, so the and summer months then? Usually the summer months, yeah. Okay. And because we're, our climate and because of our latitude and we're up north, we've got those four months where a sufficient amount of UVB will be 
penetrating down into the ground, so penetrate your skin to synthesize vitamin D. Outside of those four months, then you don't make any. So by the third week in August, you are finished with vitamin D. So vitamin D is hugely important. And traditionally, the way it was done was people were outside more. That was a kind of a no-brainer. People were yeah. out, they were working, they were fishing, they were doing all sorts of things outside. They would have topped up over the summer months. You can store vitamin D in your fat tissue and you would slowly kind of kind of leech off that over the winter months and you would keep yourself topped up with oily fish. I mean, there's some amount of dairy food as well, but generally oily fish over the winter time, you keep yourself topped up and then come around then to the summer again, you're ready to start making it again to top yourself up. So it's a really good idea if you're inside or inside a lot, which most people are, they, they have to work inside. Uh, you don't get out much, you don't develop any kind of a tan over the summer. It's a good idea to supplement with some vitamin D. <laughs> <laughs> vitamin D will keep your immune system happy. It's very, very good protection against flu. So we'd recommend it for, for some of our more for some of our more senior customers to definitely get some vitamin D in over the winter to, to help prevent the flu. Keeps your immune system happy, keeps it from going too crazy so very good for autoimmune related stuff actually quite good to keep your blood sugar and appetite under control as well and keep you happy which is kind of back to your original mental health slant so it's crucially important for dopamine production which is your kind of hormone that you produce when you feel loved and secure so not having enough dopamine is associated with being like not in a very good place (laughs) so it's important to keep your fit d level up there um protects your brain so yeah it's it's fascinating stuff, more of a hormone than a vitamin, so it's crucially important to have enough of it. And is there a certain dosage? I know you see papers of the German, yeah. the West Germans where they took 10, 20,000 yeah. units. Yeah. Is there a standard uh, measurement? Usually, based on where we're sitting, latitude, how much sun we get, on average, it would be a good idea for most Irish adults to supplement with 3,000 to 6,000, maybe 3,000 to 9,000 international units a day. Okay. So we would definitely recommend 3,000 daily. Mm-hmm. After that then, if you want to supplement with some more, we would just check certain things. I mean, if, if we think you, you need to take some more, if you've had a vitamin D test confirmed that's quite low, you can supplement more. Okay. Uh, it's quite safe. It is quite safe. Even a high dosage is quite safe, yeah. And um, I know we've seen a lot of things at Russia and the Olympics, but vitamin D, do you think it's a, a drug because it's automatically deficient the next day, like it's gone the next day? Come here, were the Russians using vitamin D for something, were they? My question is, could you use vitamin D as... As a kind of a performance enhancer? Yeah. Good question. Come here, having vitamin D, having correct amount of vitamin D Again, it's a hormone, so it regulates loads of stuff. So if you were deficient in D and you were subjecting yourself to a training regime, it is very conceivable that you would hit, you could get run down, you could get sick, you could overtrain a hell of a lot easier if you were D deficient. Okay. So yeah, optimizing D, back. that's a pretty good point. Optimizing D for recovery in sport and, and performance would be a very good idea. Very cheap too. Okay. Uh, protein. Yeah. It's explain about how you know it's part of our diet we need it for yeah. muscle need it for muscle um what should we what should we go for our food wise yeah we have a good question protein generally most people's diet there's sufficient amounts of it 
even if you're training, you generally eat sufficient amounts of it. So protein deficiency is unusual thing uh, in Western, particularly in Ireland, it's unusual because we we eat a lot of protein. Best sources, we split it into. We could split it in three. You've got your traditional meat eaters, so your meats are obviously very protein dense. They have a good balance of fats in there as well, so they're good. They've got a lot of fat-soluble vitamins, and they're particularly good for iron. So, meat. If it's good quality, it's well reared, it's good. Protein meat, wouldn't eat a hell of a lot of it, but meat, poultry, oily fish, eggs, cheese, excellent protein sources. Vegetarians then, your beans and your pulses, excellent protein source. When you combine them uh, with rice, you get a full spectrum, uh, full amino acid spectrum, so they're excellent. Vegans then, for vegan protein, again, kind of similar to vegetarian, you're kind of looking at your pulses and your legume family and you can then slant into powders as well you can supplement with whey powders which is dairy based you can supplement rice rice is actually really really good the amino acid profile of rice is practically identical to human breast milk so it's an excellent protein source wow and, and you can get it organic which is even better wow and yeah. what is amino acids amino acids then are your little building block your little protein building blocks so they're like the little Lego bits in your protein Lego box. And you use amino acids then, they, they're utilized in muscle tissue, they're utilized to make various things in your body, but they're structural building blocks that you, you use. And one part of them is you use a lot to repair soft tissue, repair uh, ligaments, tendons, um, recover from exercise. Can a person get an iron test through their GP or their doctor? An iron test? Yes. Yeah, yeah, come here, you can get your iron tested. Pretty standard test. That's something that would be done pretty routinely. Your iron then, it can be a classic iron deficiency, but you might be low on vitamin C, which will slow your absorption, or you might have a B12, pernicious anemia, low B12 problem, which is uh, impacting on your iron. You might be folic acid deficient as well. So, so good to... Sorry, good to kind of wrap them all up. So if you're deficient in iron, just make sure you get a good iron supplement that has some vitamin C and B vitamins in there. Okay. Just cover yourself. I see. And B12 and iron, are they connected? Yeah, B B12, B12, folic acid, vitamin C and iron are all kind of connected. So a lot of nutrients are connected anyway, but it's a good idea uh, just to make sure you're not B12 deficient if you have a problem with iron, particularly if you're a vegetarian as well or vegan. Okay, and a vegetarian or vegan, do they lack anything else except iron or B12? Uh, come here, veg. If it's a well-balanced diet, iron should be okay. Vegan, vegan's a little trickier, so vegans have to be careful around certain things, B12, B vitamins in general. Make sure they get enough fatty acids. But no, a well-balanced vegan diet is fine. And, and certain people's constitutionally lend themselves better to certain diet types so certain people will do really well on vegan diets they're no problem they actually do better on a vegan diet and some people do better on a meat diet so it's, i suppose it's about playing around and seeing what sits well with you uh, from a blood from a blood type maybe perspective irish people will be predominantly your blood types so maybe they would do better on a more they, traditionally we have would have always eaten meat so maybe that's just 
indicative of where we've evolved from. So, but we've lots of vegetarian customers, lots of vegan, loads of vegan customers. And they do quite well. They do pretty well chewed in, you know. Before we came in, you did this interview. You had a client that was looking for eggs. Yeah. Um, can vegans eat eggs? Vegans don't eat eggs. They traditionally wouldn't eat eggs. And that lady was actually in. She was just a vegan, but she was she had made a decision. She was adding eggs into her diet. So vegans traditionally wouldn't eat them. No. Okay. It's pretty, very tasty. Though. I know they are. And is there a way of, of, if a vegan wanted more protein to get around that? Yeah, group. Um, again, your pulses, your, your beans and your peas and your legumes and your nuts and your seeds are excellent protein sources. Once they're prepared well, you're, they're broken. Like you chew them well. You got to chew those suckers down, you know, uh, chew them well. Balance your foods, but yeah, come here. There's no reason why vegans would run low on protein, you know. If someone's allergic to something and they don't know and they haven't discovered to their doctor, mm-hmm. um, how can they get tested? So, you can get what's called an IgG blood test, which is an immunoglobulin G, and that tests for a, an immune system response that's associated with food intolerance. So, an IgE is, is a food allergy, so anaphylaxis. IgG is a different strain of the immune system. It's more chronic, low-grade intolerance, but you can get tested. Um, Larissa in the UK do a, a full blood sweet test of, you can go 50 foods up to 150 foods. Your 50 food test will cost you 150 euros. Your 150 food will cost you 300 euros, and they will test you across the board but the, the beauty of food intolerance testing by good lab is they will indicate the level of intolerance that you have which indicates the amount of time that you need to eliminate the food from your diet which oh. is good i know in america we've well as fx and we, they can get tested through their panels yeah cool. but is, yeah. is there anyone in uk and europe that is equivalent or close do you think to that yeah uh, come here that i'm kind of familiar with that is a pretty comprehensive full full spectrum testing right of intolerances and vitamin mineral status, would that be correct? Yeah. Yeah, Larissin do, they do the food intolerance to my knowledge, and I would have to probably probe this a little bit further. I'm not aware in the UK of anyone, definitely not in Ireland anyway, okay. but I'd have to suss it out. I'd have to get back to you on that one, just to be sure. To my knowledge, I'm not aware. No, it's just cool because in the States we've got these amazing, oh, yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. here it's just like, oh, I wish I could yeah. have the same, yeah. you know. You just get your, uh, yeah, you get an iron test here, you get your cholesterol test and good luck to you, see you later, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And do you think cholesterol is bad or good? Uh, come here, cholesterol is as essential to have. Um, and come here, cholesterol is one of those ones. It's just a lot of misinformation, uh, a lot of outdated science, a lot of uh, confusion. Um, so cholesterol... You make it, you need to eat it, um, and cholesterol is good, so we're, there's no problem having cholesterol, you're meant to have it. Even if it's too high? Yeah, come here, if your cholesterol is too high, uh, you, you know, you. I mean, that's, it can be, there can be issues. I mean, if your cholesterol is high and your diet is poor, you eat a lot of sugar, you're a smoker, you don't exercise, and your HD, or sorry, your LDL is significantly high, it's kind of indicative of your making cholesterol, it's flowing out into your system and it's repairing stuff, uh, which could be patching your your arterial wall or your, your vascular system in some way. So yeah, generally speaking, having high cholesterol, if you're a healthy individual and your diet is balanced and the ratios are correct, it's not a big deal. And if a person has low cholesterol, um 
statins, do you think it affects the body as well? Yeah, so if you if your cholesterol is low, if you're taking statins, you first of all, you're not making cholesterol. Okay. So cholesterol production is blocked. problem with cholesterol is it makes loads of stuff. And the problem with cholesterol is you need it to repair pretty much every fatty structure in your body. So your brain repair, your actually brain, I was reading recently about research, your brain actually makes cholesterol to repair itself. Uh, and to regenerate itself. Cell walls, vitamin D is made from cholesterol initially in its first stage. Uh, you make coenzyme Q10, which as a sportsman, you might be aware of CoQ10 is a fantastic yeah, it is. Cellular, cellular energy carrier, very good for respiration on a cellular level. You won't make that anymore. So taking a stand blocks cholesterol, which fundamentally puts you on a back foot. So your, biochem- your biochemistry now is completely altered. I see. Um, so it's not good. Generally speaking, it's not good. I can some people need to take stands for a short, a very short period of time. Maybe if they were at a high risk, a high cardiovascular risk, um, potentially there could be application there. But the problem is you get put on them and you get left on them. And that's when the problem arises because they're not really designed to be taken medium to long term. They have serious health, health problems, you know. And in the nutrition world, we have diets for diets. Yeah. And I know yeah, you, you we sure do. Yeah, we do. And you say food is the, the trigger of everything if yeah. you eat organ- organically. What do you recommend? So, what do we, re- in terms of? of? Of food and diets. Do you think they should com- combine or what? where do you think someone should start? Uh, and come here, yeah, go on. If, if you're kind of looking to basically improve your diet, we'll say you're kind of looking to get into food and understand food a little bit more and, and kind of improve your diet. First thing I would recommend anybody does is try to make as much as their diet organic as possible. And that is the quickest way to clean your diet up. You're not going to be subjecting yourself to a whole host of God knows what stuff they spray on food anymore. And a lot of this stuff is being banned and phased out, so you're not going to subject yourself to that. The stuff that you do eat is the way plants are meant to be, are meant to grow. They will impart their incredible nutrient load into your system. Uh, you will have a lot more energy and vitality. So first thing I would do is I would shift over to an organic diet as much as you can. And that would be my number one advice to anybody who's looking to to clean up their diet, eat organic food, and cut down on your sugar and processed carbs. Sugar processed carbs are just metabolic fundamental destroyers of of metabolic function, you know. So uh, keeping those guys down, avoiding them, switching over to a nice, clean, organic diet, bueno. It's a good idea. But it, it's amazing to think that the information around us is tell eat your carbs, eat your sugar, you know, your protein and your fats. Yeah. But I wonder, is that actually a confusion of what yeah. true food is? Yeah, I think it is. And it's a good point, Aaron, because now food has become... I mean, food has been broken down so much. And like you just said there, you eat X amount of carbs, you eat X amount of fat, you eat X amount of protein, you eat X amount of percentage of this, that, and the other. And it becomes very reductionist, doesn't it? It comes, you start picking all of these things apart and trying to seam them all together. So you're better off just letting nature do its job and just eating the bountiful foods that nature provides. And you, anything that comes from nature in its whole unadulterated form is good for you. Uh, once you kind of, the more that style of more real food that you eat, and the more you get into that kind of thing, I think your system just naturally kind of balances, and you kind of just know what's good. So I don't think 
from a performance and sport point of view, recovery and, and chasing PBs and all of this stuff, you do have to apply a little bit of food science, would say, nutritional science, uh, just to optimize, you know. But for generally, generally speaking, just a good, clean, holistic, organic diet, tasty stuff. Yeah. Nice coffee. <laughs> and as a performance side and PBs, what if someone's just starting off and they're they're in the gym training? What food should they start off with? Uh, if you've just started training and you're in the gym and you're doing whatever you're doing, basically, there's not. Again, I would just watch my sugars and watch my crappy carbs, but they tend to be quite tasty, so you gotta watch those guys. Mm. Just watch your carb intake. If you're after weight loss and muscle gain, again, weight loss, just watch your sugar and carbohydrate intake, and that's all you really need to know with regard to weight loss, uh, and usually speaking the same with, with muscle growth as well. So, again, nice, nice, whole, unadulterated, carbohydrates, minimal sugars, organic food as much as you can. And post-exercise then, just, you can do a recovery protein drink, you could do a recovery cherry juice drink, the Montemorcine is excellent for after exercise. Make sure you stay well hydrated. <laughs> That'd be, come here, yeah, it's, once you start in the gym, it's just about, for weight loss, it's just about managing your insulin, and that's sugars and carbohydrates. Okay, and in the 10 years you've been working as a nutritionist, have you seen it shift for more from a fast food industry to a healthy industry? Yeah, yeah, come here, good, good point. Yeah, good question. Definitely, people are definitely a lot more savvy than they were 10 years ago, that's a fact. Um, and health, health is very, very now, it's very in vogue, it's very popular, it's very marketable. So to be healthy, to look healthy, it's really in now, you know, which is great. So yeah, it's, it's good and it's a good move. It's, it's, it's right. It's a good movement, but it's definitely improving. Definitely improving, yeah. People are definitely waking up and come to some, some real realizations about food and health, you know. If someone's looking to get like a multivitamin or a supplement, yeah. what would you recommend? So come here, supplementation wise, a, a good, a really good quality multivitamin is like your 10% insurance policy. So I kind of think about multivitamins as health insurance. That's my health insurance. I take a multi, gives me my 10%. So I take a broad spectrum multi. I use Terra Nova, which is a food-based uh, food based multi. Uh, really, really good. Excipient-free, no fillers, no binders, are capsulated. Um, and what they fill up the capsule with is fresh, freeze-dried uh, whole foods. So it's, it's really, really good. So multi, yeah, good, a good multi. Take a vitamin D in the wintertime. If you're quite active, um, some additional vitamin C is also a good idea. Vitamin C is a great idea to take anyway, particularly over the wintertime. And come here then, just make sure you're eating good, good healthy fatty acids. So oily fish, and nut and seeds, nut and seed oils, or fish oil. They're kind of my go-to four things, you know, your mm. multi, your C, your D, and your, your fatty acids. And America is a bit more progressive than, than Europe, I think, but yeah. the MCT oil, what do you think of it? Medium chain? Yeah. Fascinating stuff, fascinating research on medium chains. Uh, we would, medium chains, we would sell medium chains at coconut oil. Coconut oil would be our medium chain source. Requires very little digestion, sucked up by the cell, uh, utilized for energy really efficiently by muscle tissue in the brain has twice the calorific payload of carbohydrate but that makes it a lot more nutrient dense energy dense mm -hmm. um, and practically impossible to store the body fat so it's it's amazing stuff it's 
acids and stuff yeah and what do you is it in coconut oil or you can get it like extracted yeah, you can get it extracted um we don't sell it extracted but i've seen it extracted and it's been popular now for quite some time in the sports scene you know the sports nutrition supplements have used uh, extracted medium chain we would we would sell it in coconut oil that's where we would recommend you get your medium chains from and coconut oil is a medium chain saturated fat so that's where we that's what we use and fascinating stuff. yeah it is indeed and in the sports world at the moment ketosis is kind mm. of very popular what mm. what's your opinion on it ketosis yeah i'm i've yeah it is actually had a customer in the other day talking about ketosis he was on a ketone diet and he was he was struggling hard uh he was he's been on it for two weeks he was doing quite well but he was yeah he was struggling ketosis like loads of health benefits uh researched pretty well gotten quite popular maybe with the paleo movement has kind of promoted ketosis on a little bit yeah i think you you would i be right in saying you're going to be aiming for less than 50 or 60 grams of carbohydrate a day to kind of put yourself into ketosis it's yeah yeah very very low carbohydrate we're it seems every now and again not a bad thing to do it's kind of like fasting intermittent fasting and stuff again seems like a good idea to me every once in a while some people will struggle with it but i think if you want to get that metabolic flexibility and been able to you know burn carbs or switch into body fat without too much of a, a wobble in your system practicing ketosis could be a good way to go you've probably seen so many trends through the nutrition side yeah do you think this is a trend or do you think this will go further uh, continue uh, come here i think uh, keto ketosis in particular yeah i think ketosis is just uh, it will it's been around it'll it's a little bit more popular now it'll probably stay around um but i think ketosis for most people is a, a pretty low on their list of agendas it's just too mm. it's too hard for most people uh, i don't think it'll ever really gain that much momentum in terms of general populace but i mean it's fascinating it is a quite a fascinating topic and has some great health benefits you know and to practice it through fasting i think is a good way to do it in your research do you see something new or something that's like oh I'm going to be excited about in the next week or two or time period actually the most probably one of the most fascinating things I've been researching looking into I went to a workshop on it recently and it's kind of not really related to nutrition but it kind of is but it's definitely related to sport and performance is I went to a Patrick McKeown workshop on the oxygen advantage which is the nasal breathing sports slant on oh. potato breeding and it was fascinating it was fascinating I spent the whole day with him there was a group of us there was some martial artists there kettlebell instructors fitness instructors and I got a really kind uh, invite I got a really good ticket deal so I was like I ain't going up to see this guy nice really small intimate workshop and we spent the whole day training um, nasal breeding and reduced breeding protocols fascinating what what's fascinating Bash? Uh, basically nasal breathing it's basically breathe into your nose and you breathe out your nose that's the optimum way to breathe um, you produce a lot of interesting stuff in your nose your nasal cavity for the size of your head is actually quite big but you make a nitric oxide in your nose so when you nasal breathe you inhale this nitric oxide so it keeps your airways clear of bacteria um, and anything that happens wafting there bacteria-wise, nitric kills it. So keeping your airways healthy, it's essentially breaching your nose. But that was one thing. But the most fascinating thing was the 
nasal breathing and using the oxygen advantage protocols, which is basically just reduced breathing through your nose. You can simulate high altitude breathing. So we simulated five and a half thousand meters of altitude in 40 seconds within a 40 second protocol. And you can train yourself for as long as you want at five and a half thousand meters altitude by just controlling your breathing through your nose. It's wow. fascinating. And you have vasal dilation occurs when you're when you nasal breathe iron uh, and you reduce breathe, your oxygen levels actually drop and your carbon dioxide levels increase. So what that does, people would associate there well less oxygen is surely not a good thing for sport and stuff. You need oxygen mm. muscles, but yada yada. But the carbon dioxide actually facilitates the transport of oxygen over a hell of a lot better. So to have a higher concentration of carbon dioxide, you actually train yourself to become more adaptive to using less oxygen to do more. Is it something like the free divers use? Uh, yeah, yeah. Free divers would have done this. Um, what's the name of that guy? He's uh, he's Scandinavian. He's done all sorts of crazy stuff. He actually has. I was actually at a an introduction to his kind of a breathing philosophy. He kind of summoned an Everest with no shoes on, and he's he's, he's this guy is pretty crazy. It's pretty interesting. Oh, he, are you talking about? Um, he's from the Netherlands. Yeah, this is the guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He does. I was actually at out with Adrian O'Brien out in O'Brien uh, performance of fitness out in Art Patrick. He does it without just to check it out. Same, different but kind of similar principles. Basically, you're just looking to get your carbon dioxide levels up. Okay. Through nasal breathing. So interesting then, Aaron, kind of skipping along again, we did a couple of things and what happens when you start to nasal breathe is your capillaries open up and your blood flow increases. So you start to warm up. So you start to sweat bullets basically. And we were all sweating bullets, sitting down, practicing breathing. And as a warm up, it's amazing for exercise, but yeah. to try train, train with nasal breath and try to maintain nasal breath in your daily exercise, and work it into your performance drills. It's, it's amazing stuff. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it was really like I was probably one of the most interesting things I've been doing for a long time. Um, and I know we've kind of jumped around in the, the food, yeah. food and nutrition side. It's good to jump around. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, in outside, if you walk into the shop, you see various different things. Yeah. Um, if someone's just looking for a snack or whatever, yeah. what do you recommend? So snack-wise, we have got like 40, we have loads, we have loads of nuts and seeds in bulk. So nuts are a brilliant snack. So if you've got uh, a couple of handfuls of almonds, a couple of handfuls of walnuts, Brazils, you can come in and help yourself to as much as little as you want. Excellent snack, really, really good. Um, snacking, I'm kind of not really a promoter of snacking. I don't really dig down on snacks, but if I was to snack, I would probably go to the nut family or I would have a, a teaspoon or two of nut butter. Excellent snack. I'm kind of a big nut butter fan. Organic almond butter is kind of my go-to. If I was packaged and I needed a quick, something light, but gives me loads of energy, I would probably go to the old nut butter, I'd say. Really an organic. Okay, and um, the elite athlete or the person that's well into this yeah the same advice again or would be a bit more higher you come here if you're if you're exercising a hell of a lot more you're going to have to eat more so snacking is going to probably will have to factor in there some way so snacking yeah similar i would be a huge fan and i would have worked with a lot of guys in the past and i would always recommend if they're hungry 
they need a snack to either to snack on a fruit and nut mix uh, or a couple of handful of nuts or a couple of teaspoons of almond butter or even some dark really low sugar dark chocolate it's a great snack when you say fruit like bananas or apples or what yeah come here a banana or an apple a portion of berries uh, stuff like this but if you're trying a lot you probably want to get your protein in so make sure you snack with protein same goes for breakfast one of the best tips for anybody whether you're just the average Joe or you, you're after medals, eat some protein with your breakfast. It's a great way to start your day. So if you have your porridge, throw in some cheese seeds, uh, have some eggs, scrambled egg, uh, have some nut butters, have some cheese, eat protein with your breakfast and eat protein with your snacks. Okay. It's a really good, really good tip. Excellent. In what you've done so far, would you change anything? In terms of... In terms of you, what you've done so far. I wish I had loads more money. <laughs> I wish I was richer. Uh, yeah, uh, other than that, I think I'm okay with it, yeah? Uh, I wish I had loads more money, though. It'd be nice to be rich. Yeah. I know what I would be. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know. And um, one piece of advice for nutrition, health, and so on, what would it be? Eat less, move more. That's my kind of mantra. Eat a little bit less and move a hell of, hell of a lot more. And you'll be you'll be generally a lot a lot happier, a lot fitter, a lot healthier, you know. Okay, and do you meditate? Um, not in this traditional sense of the word. I do a lot of outdoor stuff, do a lot of hiking and camping, I do a bit of foraging and I do a bit of stuff and I go out with my dogs quite a lot. So I would kind of think that in the line of quiet meditation. But in the traditional sense of the word no. Okay. And what would be your breakfast for you breakfast for me could be what i'm really digging at the moment i'm really digging uh, sauerkraut kimchi in the morning i'd have two slices of sourdough with a couple of slices of kralo sheep's cheese from our our buddy sean up in kralo hills there big whop of kimchi on top of that delicious that's a like a breakfast fit for kings in my opinion so fermented food and traditional sheep's cheese, delicious. What's fermented food? Fermented then is anything that has the action of, of yeast and beneficial bacteria on it. So you've got sourdough bread, which we have here as well. Um, that's a traditional baking method. It uses yeast, yeast colonies in the air and yeast colonies on the flour itself to actually start kick off the fermentation of the bread. So no commercial yeast, which is kind of hard to digest. Fermented veggies then again, the natural occurring friendly bacteria on the veg kicks off the fermentation so it actually helps to partially digest the veg down and you eat it a couple of weeks later mm-hmm. uh, kefirs and yogurt it's not those guys as well okay fantastic so far really good actually that's a really good one to get into for health good, good health mm-hmm. uh, you know your, your gut bacteria keeping those guys happy great for dicky digestions um, and really good for active people really good for people who like yourself a bit of training, recommend you all fermented foods, good for the immune system. Recently, I heard on a, another podcast about bee pollen. Okay, what do you think about it? Come here, it's, it's tasty. Uh, bee pollen is tasty, and come here, when you think about it, pollen is nutritiously like it's very, very nutritious, great stuff. Yeah, come here, bee pollen, we, we have it out there. Um, again, very tasty, lots of stuff in it. So yeah, give bee pollen the thumbs up. Could be a very good addition to vegetarian and vegan diet, I think. If you could pick one thing that you would like to, to eat 
forever and ever kind of thing? Yeah, but outside the nutrition. Like, are you, like, as a nutritionist, do you kind of, when you sit down for a meal or with a yeah. family or a restaurant, do you pick the nutrition thing or do you kind of go to the gourmet side? Oh, good question. Depends. I probably, I, I go gourmet. I wouldn't be too worried about what I, to a certain degree, I'd want it to be really tasty. So I would probably go, I would definitely eat good food. But if it was slightly leaning towards gourmet, I'd probably go gourmet, I'd say, yeah. Like an Indian, that would be my yeah. perfect meal, yeah. I see. And um, are you always, when you sit down to meal, are you always thinking about the nutrition side or just, I need to eat? Five days a week, yeah. Two days a week, no. <laughs> okay. So Monday to Friday, I'm pretty, I'm like pretty honest, I'm pretty clean, I'm pretty, then the weekend I kind of relax a little bit, I don't worry too about it. But if I eat, let's say if I we'll call it crap for the word let's just say we have a bit of crap every now and again it would be the best crap that we can get you know so really good quality okay. kind of yeah weekend food you know? cool Killian I just want to say thank you for coming on to the show um, and sharing you guys share it's been a pleasure buddy thanks for having me you're a great interviewer thanks a million you're welcome yeah excellent thank you for spending the time to listen to the show if you want to learn more check out sandseat.com that's S-A-N-C-I-T dot com. Join Sanseat Group on Facebook and contact us if you have any questions. Until next time, have an awesome day and rock on.